Welcome to the Feel Better Make It podcast. Real life, real women, no shame. We take it from drop it like it's hot to I can't get off the toilet. In this podcast, we tackle questions about real issues women have to face with their body, life, love, and their career. Every week, Dr. Letitia and Dr. Jennifer, both physical therapists and business owners, will share from their life experiences and expertise on their journey to feeling better naked. Join us as we ask the questions you've never asked and have fun while doing it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Feel Better Naked podcast. I am Dr. Jennifer, one of your co-hosts, and today I'm interviewing someone special to me. She is our co-host here at the Feel Better Naked podcast, Dr. Letitia. I'm going to take a few moments here to introduce her before we start asking questions. She is the owner of Run for Life Performance and Physical Therapy in Indianapolis, Indiana. She specializes in helping runners and women ages 35 and over feel, move, and perform at their best with rehab to performance and health coaching. She is a certified run coach, certified health coach. She is the lead physical therapist for Black Girls Run national programs. She is the host of Runners University and podcast, as well as Women's Guide to Running After 35 podcast. She is also a wife, a mother, and she enjoys running, working out, and all types of music. She is a. She also has a private Facebook group, Everyday Women Wellness, empowering women ages 35 plus, and we'll talk more about that here at the end. Um, but hey, Dr. Letitia. Hey, girl. How, how are you doing? doing? How's those kids and the family going on? We're good. Let's see. We are uh, got that got past that got past that Christmas time, um, and they had a, a really good time. So that was, gosh, I just, I think a few days ago now. So we enjoyed just staying local, but we're on a break, which is always great for me that I don't have to wake up at 6 a.m. like a zombie trying to get these kids food and get on the bus and I can't even open my eyes. So (laughs) what's new going on for you? Oh, nothing much. Um, Yes. At this point, our son is enjoying the uh, PS4 life during Christmas break. So, you know, it's, we're, we're in different, different life cycles. He's 12 years old. So it's very low key. I pretty much have to wake him up, you know, so there's no, there's no little people um, saying, wake up and we need something to eat. I'm saying, get your butt up, get down there and get your own food. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be there soon, I think. And do your tour, do your chores before you think you're going to play, you know, 18 hours on this PlayStation. We're not doing that, but you better get up and get these chores going. So that's yes. enjoying the, the break and uh, getting ready to go to Vegas, celebrate that 40th birthday. Ooh, yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready for that. We may, we may have yes. a story or two after he come back, but you know, what happens in Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> Stays in Vegas. You're so crazy. I can't, uh, you know, I wonder what you're going to do. <laughs> Great. So I wanted to just start off asking you a few questions and um, and we'll go from there and get to know you a little bit better. So um, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. So first of all, I just wanted you to start with, tell me a little bit, you know, about your story and, and all the way up to where you are now. Okay. So Brunette grew up in, you know, entire life in a small little town, Kokomo, Indiana, which uh, about 45 minutes north of Indianapolis. And 
really enjoyed from a younger age always being active my first love was always been basketball started playing that when i was about seven years old and continue to kind of progress uh with those as well as track and field as well so i really with though between those two sports working going out you know doing all kinds of stuff when we were you know younger having fun kind of progressed into getting a full ride scholarship to play basketball initially at university of missouri at rolla which is now University of Missouri Science and Technology. So played four years there, actually played my, or ran my first year uh, of track and field in college. So I thought I was really kind of crazy trying to play two collegiate sports <laughs> at the time. I actually did pretty well in my, in my freshman year. With that, I was able to go to Division II Nationals for the 200-meter dash and um did pretty, did pretty well with that, but my body told me, guess what? You're there for basketball. You're doing a whole lot. So finished up school there, um, got my BS in biological sciences, then went on to Marquette University to get my doctorate in physical therapy. Then came back to um, Indianapolis area, was able to really start working on some things with health and wellness and looking at some women with some help with, especially in black women with healthcare disparities as I was transitioning to early PT career and always knew that I wanted to um, go into my own business, just didn't know what that looked like. Because in PT school, we don't get anything as far as opening a business, business training, all that stuff is if you wanted to open up your own clinic, you needed a gazillion dollars to do so. You need the highest impact of equipment. So we didn't think really, you know, what, what did that look like? So transitioned, able to, um, my youngest son, after he was born, I really made that transition into trying to figure out what's a better schedule. And I really need to think about maybe doing my own thing at some point. Fast forward to getting married. Um, then I became a bonus mom, the two teenagers. So now we became a family of five. And then now we're going into our um, seventh year of marriage now, um, as well as beginning my practice in 2017. So that's just my little life in a quick nutshell. <laughs> Did you always know that you wanted to be a uh, physical therapist? Uh, probably from about age 10 or so, I knew I wanted to do something with helping people. Really that trend, that, that portion came when I was about 10 years old. My grandmother had brain aneurysm. So she was used to going to work. She walked to work every single day. One day she didn't show up to work. And thankfully, since she was so consistent with work, they went to check on her. They found her in an apartment. They had to airlift her to Indianapolis. So she was the whole transition from, you know, ICU, uh, then from rehab, um, and then being able to actually be able to go home. So us as the oldest grandchildren, we saw that whole progression and were an integral part along with my mom with getting her at rehab. So I got to see that that was my initial insight into physical therapy and therapies and seeing her practice. And then as an athlete as well, I had many a times in the training room, a sprained ankle, you know, a something going on. So then I began to kind of mold into, you know, where can I use my ability to help people and then use kind of some of those other skills that I saw with physical therapy. So I knew by my senior year that my goal was to become a physical therapist. Yeah. And you went ahead and got your, um, it was a master's degree or a doctorate in physical therapy? Doctorate in physical therapy. Like right now, the, the whole entire profession is, is moving toward that, that doctoral knowledge. So after undergrad, went and did my doctoral program um, at Marquette. So, so new for a long time. 
driven, driven. Get those goals. Um, and then this is kind of a different uh, angle because now you're an entrepreneur. So um, why did you start? I think we talked a little bit about this, but um, maybe go more in depth of why you started your journey into working as a, an entrepreneur. And then the second part of that question would be now a health coach. Yeah, I think when I, that transition between undergrad and grad school, that was when I graduated in 2004, I came back home during that time period and that summer in between. And it really saw beforehand that there was a need to really encourage exercise, movement, healthier lifestyle, looking in kind of community, looking in church community, which is and then a large, a lot of times when the, in church communities, if you're saying like predominantly African-American community, there's a lot of um, emphasis on doing works in the church, going out into community and doing those things, but not a whole lot on how you're going to be able to have the stamina and the health to do those things if you can barely stand up or if you have difficulties walking up and down the stairs or your health is so to the point where you're doing everything and hey you're being a a missionary and going out and to others but you can barely walk or you have all these medications so i said what can we do to kind of make that part of the total person has to do with what your body is able to do as well we can do all the things spiritually but if your body is not a thing we're still out of balance and did you was there someone in particular that you're referring to with that? Or do you feel like the individuals you met in the church were, um, or worked with were um, kind of like just powering through their pain and feeling like that was just a part of life? And tell me a little bit more about that. It was basically they didn't have a right resource. Everything that they were seeing, if they went to the doctor, was, all right, here's this medication. Or make sure you, you got to exercise, you got to change your diet. But that, those were just words. There was no, there's no plan. There's no way to be able to take people through that journey. <clears throat> as well as most people think that it has to be something dramatic. It's like, hey, I've been eating the same way my whole life. And now you're going to tell me just to eat, you know, kale and carrots. And then they're like, no, I'm not getting ready to do that. You know, I'm not doing that. So it's such a drastic change when you say change your eating habits. Definitely in the mind and in our community, it think feels people feel like it has to be something drastic and they're not going to do that or exercise. What does that mean? How do I get started? So I really took the whole programming. And at that time, the pastor gave me license to here's a budget. Here's a room we have available. Build this entire room. Get the exercise stations, start the exercise programming. So I did that within that summer and was able to kind of keep that progressing. Yeah. Did the pastor approach you for that or you approached him or how did that all or her rather or him or her? I don't know if the pastor, but yeah, he, uh, I think I approached him. I'm not exactly sure how the, how we really got it instituted, but he saw the need as well. And he had a brand new facility that was built that held different events, had a full basketball uh, court and it wasn't really being utilized as much um, as it had been. So developing those programs alone around that time kind of progressed me into thinking more of let's look at total body wellness. How can I blend physical therapy? Then as I transition out of physical therapy school, you know, life happens. You don't do as much um, uh, with some of those things. And then it really kind of invigorated that fire to say, I need more knowledge to help people instead of me being pushed into the bubble of 
in physical therapy clinics, traditional clinics, you're seeing four or five people at the same time. You're booked up, double and triple booked up within the hours. And really, you can't really spend time with them. There's no way you can start looking at what is your health and wellness? What is your eating habits? What are contributing factors to your inflammation and why you have this pain? So I said, I really need to advance and get more knowledge in the health coaching ring. That's why I've just finished up my health coaching certification um, here recently so that I could blend those things looking at the total body. Yeah, because it's one thing I think probably to, to feel better and then it's another to like lifestyle change. Because even in PT school, we're taught a lot on let's get this patient meeting Medicare guidelines on you, they can get off the toilet. That is seriously what, you know, that's what we, then we have to discharge them. Even though we know as physical therapists, the whole, the importance of the, the movement and wellness through life. So, but you have to discharge them and there's just, there's not a lot of transition into lifestyle changes. And, and I know a lot of clients have probably asked you, what should I eat? And, and they need accountability. I think I, I do. So having that coaching is, is key and not a lot of, uh, you know, black women doing that. So tell me more about that too, as far as, you know, the individuals in the church, were you trying to direct them to health coaches or, cause I'm sure they were asking you a lot of advice and you didn't have the uh, time to really give them. Yeah. At that point there, I mean, if we're talking about in our area, there's probably zero in my hometown, there'd be zero uh, <laughs> health, health coaches as far, and as far as individuals that look like them that you feel comfortable even relaying and getting some of that deep information. So if there were individuals that were doing health coaching or alternative uh, medicine, I definitely wasn't aware of them. So I was just bits and pieces trying to get the information that I knew at that point to try to help them. So like I was their main resource. And a lot of people have to know that definitely when you're talking about small communities and things like that, once you find somebody that's a resource, then they're going to be go-to for everything. And I had all kinds of random questions that were <laughs> being asked that I didn't have answers to at that point. But now progressing through, you know, PT school and my profession and things like that, that I have more information about. And really, there's just misconceptions in general. What do physical therapists do? If someone's talking about health and nutrition, what does that mean for me? And people will shy away from it because really they're just taking that the doctor is golden. The doctor told me to do this and take this medicine well I'm going to go ahead and take this and then that's it I'll have to be on it for the rest of my life so really being an advocate and removing some of those barriers to what it looks like to you know look at total body wellness and really encourage nutrition and movement I think that's just you know so well needed like now even in Indianapolis much larger city there's no you know professionals that I know that are also health coach, physical therapist, or any rehab specialist that has that continuum uh, of care per se that a lot of people are looking for instead of just help. Well, your knee pain's gone. Boom. You're done being dictated yeah. by what maybe an insurance company is saying, or a yeah. doctor says you're fine now, but you're not fine. And you don't feel fine. Yeah. And you made, you made a really great point when we're working with, um, health coaches or health uh, well-being coaches and physical therapists or healthcare providers, you mentioned having someone look like you. And there is really, I think, importance of finding providers that you can relate to. What are your thoughts on 
I'm yeah. Not and I don't think everything has is not necessarily, you know, color related because you find a good professional, you find a good professional. But I yeah. definitely think in African-American community, seeing when you walk into your room, especially when it's something about health, because a lot of times people shy away from going to the doctor because they're like the last time so-and-so went to the doctor, they didn't come back or they have had a, a negative experience attached to it. So even general health screenings and things like that, just kind of suck it up and say, I'm not going to the doctor or I don't want to get on medication or they had a bad experience with the provider before. So when you walk into a room and you like, oh, you are, you immediately have something in common with the person. If you mm-hmm. see, oh, they're the same color as me, they're going to understand me a little bit more differently, especially when it comes to health and wellness. And when I was doing home health, Early on, I would have nurses that would come and be like, oh, man, Mr. So-and-so, he's pretty challenging. I had a rough time with him. I would go in, Mr. So-and-so was black. I would go in and immediately it would just be like the barrier, a barrier. Something was lifted from him that he was like, oh, okay. And I'd be like, hey, I could talk to him a different way than maybe someone else would. (laughs) Let's get it together. You know what you got to do. Come on, let's do it. And we would have a different experience. So in my experience throughout the years, that is a very crucial part. And sometimes it's it's age related too. If you have an older individual and things like that, uh, it can definitely be helpful. And then we just need more representation in these fields. I was five or six years into PT and had never seen another black woman physical therapist in my city in my city and now right now i think i still know of one that's uh there's one in the city i'm not sure about the rest of the 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 state but she's one of my real good friends now so it's yeah yeah, it's we we have a ways to go but i that's one of my passions is being an advocate yeah yeah you also have a great personality yeah (laughs) you can get people like you can break down walls hey i'll take take it you break down those walls. Um, you've broken down some of mine. <laughs> um, so let's go kind of into a different direction here a little bit because we're talking about your journey into entrepreneurship and your passion with health coaching. We also mentioned you're a wife as well as a mother. How, um, how do you balance it all? <laughs> Sometimes you don't. I mean, yeah. you know, it's crazy. I think we're probably going to talk about this in a for in another episode as well but that whole thing of like oh work-life balance you can just do this and then you know you cut off at this time with work and then now you go into this time and everything will be balanced it's like really a myth i mean when you're trying to be wife mother business owner sister <laughs> aunt whatever maybe all of those things mm-hmm. it there's really, there's not any time where it's a balance. There's going to be at some point, you got to ramp it up and go out and hustle. And I feel like definitely on the business aspect, you'll have times when you're not getting that much sleep, much sleep as you want. Maybe your, you know, kids don't get 120% attention and that's okay. They'll be, they'll be fine. But that whole work-life balance deal is like, oh yeah, I'll do this. Like maybe guys can have work-life balance, but when it comes to, to mom, and wife, we're still having to do multiple hats at the same time. And the balance is, is knowing that there's going to be times where it's going to be out of balance. And there's going to be times where it's more in in sync. But we, you know, those are the ebbs and flows that you have to kind of deal with or recognize and try not to beat yourself up. 
Yeah. And it's expectations, I think, that we have on ourselves, like juggling all of that. So do you feel like you struggled with expectations of, of being that 120% mom and 100% like amazing business owner? <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, it's like, you know, sometimes you you thought about like, oh, man, I should be doing this or I need to get more, you know, after a certain time, I have to try to I'm still in progress, still trying to work on cutting off some things that I'm doing and be like, all right, I need to send this and watch this little TV show, you know, with my husband or let me break off and do a little bit of communication time with my son at this time or sending just a quick text message to the older two, uh, motor two kids as well to be able to say, okay, I can stop at this time. I don't need to do everything during this day. So that's all, that's still in progress now. That is a hard one. (laughs) Then you suffer from sleep deprivation because you just keep going at 11 PM. Uh, Not that I do that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. We don't do that. I also want to say that, you know, this, this podcast was something that we have talked about, mm, I think over a year and uh, you finally like, I'm flying down there. You flew down to Georgia and, um, and you had this idea of the Feel Better Naked podcast because you have lots of ideas, the creative partner here, um, the creative half, I would say. And um, I guess, you know, this has been something that we always want to have a business together and we'll talk about this on a future episode of our friendship and, and our journey in a small rural town in Indiana. Um, but what does feeling better naked mean to you? I think what really kind of drove that, that name when it kind of popped in into my head was thinking about all of the outside things that we see and that kind of strive for, you know, even trying to find some perfect body or find some perfect career and us being, you know, all this and that. I thought about, well, there's many people that may look good on the outside. And they may be doing all the things to do that, but how are they actually feeling? How is their total body, their mental, their, you know, all the different things, stressors. So I felt like it was more important to have ladies and people feel better than to look a certain way. But we know looks can be deceiving. That old old saying, looks can be deceiving. So that whole feeling part was really something that drove home to me. And I felt like, when you when you feel a certain type of way, a lot of other things will follow. You know, that mental aspect is super important in everything. You know, like they said, if somebody, you know, like broken heart you know, syndrome when a person, people have been married for like 65 years and the spouse dies. And then a lot of times within under a year, a very short time, the other spouse will also pass away. And that is kind of going at that aspect about how strong those emotions and how stronger they're tied together and the feeling they had for each other. And that they were, you know, they were in that life together. Another person just like had a point where in their mind, they're, they're, you know, they're shattered and then they go ahead and pass this way. So I feel like that whole mental aspect mm-hmm. is really an important key to be able to have people's mindset shift and being able, because once your mind shifts, then you can start making some of those outward changes or you can start sounds- progressing. Yeah, like you're talking more about having that that self-worth and feeling strongly about, yeah, self-worth. Because if you, if you have that confidence and 
and independence and that self-worth that you're thinking that's more of, you know, this whole passing, someone passing away, I guess going more into depth of what you mean by if someone, you know, the spouse passes and the other person, let's say the husband passes and the wife passes a few months later, go more into what you mean. Yeah. About that. I think what I was meaning with that is really how strong, you know, the mind, you know, that mind is saying so-and-so is gone. I don't yeah. have anything else to live for per se, because this yeah. individual has been with me for yeah. 50 or 60 years. So once your yeah. mind shuts off to say, I don't have anything else to yeah. live for, your body follows. Yeah. So when your mind goes, your body, yeah, your mind and body, they flow, they flow together. So yeah. really going into that, how people are feeling and making those mind shifts shift, because we'll yeah. talk about another episode about imposter syndrome. So, you know, yeah. us thinking we're not good enough or we need to strive more or we need to do this and that, that all goes into how we feel. So that's why yeah. that's kind of what I feel that feel better naked. Yeah. The mindset and the thoughts you're talking a lot about. I think that's another thing we talk about thoughts are what we can control. We can think a certain way and then that leads to results. Like you're just saying, um, well, I'm grateful that you had the idea because now we're doing this. <laughs> um, so tell me, what do you think a common myth or misconception about women over the age of 35 is? And you'd like to call it out. I think a, a big misconception is that, you know, now it's the end. It's nearing the end. <laughs> like our youth are nearing the end. Like our youth is now getting away from us. We're going to get fat. You can no longer do this. You can no longer that. It's all these, it's all the negative yeah. things. Just like the word, the change, you know, everybody's, oh my gosh, the change, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. everything, it go, it like it's, people feel like it's going downhill after you approach forties mm -hmm. and you know, it's like, boy, now we're going into the prime right now. Yes. Our body's changing. Yes. Our, you know, hormone levels are changing. Energy levels can be changing, but there's things we can do to reverse ourselves out of that and not just be resigned to the fact that now we're getting older, things going to be creaky. We're going to be, you know, gaining weight. We're not going to be, or even people have that mindset that even less of a woman, because if you now transition into perimenopause and menopause, when you lose that ability to have children, then that's a whole nother mindset shift too. And even if you didn't want to have children, it's still that mindset that I can, I cannot have any. Once I get into into many into menopause, difference between not wanting them and not having the ability to have oh, yeah. to have them that's as well. Point there. Yeah. So that's that's kind of that mindset that people feel like things are going on the downhill, and no, everything yeah. psh, we're going on the on the uphill on that. Aren't we supposed to be in our sexual prime in the forties? <laughs> you know, I like talking about that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm just. But you know what you're getting at too is that no one prepares us for menopause or pre-menopause. There's just nothing. We're just out here in the dark all going through it silently like we're alone and we're going to providers where we're just given medications or really just like, well, that's a part of that's a part of life. Yeah, we're sent, we felt like we're suck we just have to suck it up and that's what happened. My mom went through it, so and so went through it. Um yeah. there's really nothing, you know, I can do about it. And there are, you know, resources and, and tools or stuff like that. Like you said, there's no preparation whatsoever. Because we were young, you know, 20s, early 30s. You're like, oh, I can just change this one thing and the weight will drop off or my energy or I feel good. And then all of a sudden it starts becoming harder and harder. Like, what in the world is going on? Like, 
I'm still doing the same things I was doing before, but now I'm getting this pooch. Now my sleep is getting off. Why is my energy levels or why am I craving certain things that I didn't for? And then there's no point. You just feel like you have to work harder and harder. Oh, there's something about me. So I got to work harder and harder to try to do this. And yeah. then we're just all, like you said, all out there in the dark, pe pulling pieces from here, there, everywhere, trying to figure Google. it out. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Google. Dr. Google. Well, thanks for talking on that. Cause it's something we will for sure be tackling more on this podcast to, to give people more advice. And as we are both, well, Dr. Letitia is about to be 40 here in a few days and I'm just a year behind, but I think just going through that journey with you while we go through it could be, it's going to be powerful. So, um, tell me throughout the process of achieving your goals, you know, as a mother, as a wife and business owner, um, what have you learned about yourself? What, what most have you learned about yourself? Uh, I think one of the main thing is basically being resilient. And number two is realizing you can't do it all. I've really like this last recently in this last year, it's been like, mm, yeah, there's some things that I'm going to have to release and I'm going to have to use no as a complete sentence <laughs> and not take on more things than I can. Or I say, oh, I, I want to be able to help. I want to be able to do this, but I can't do all of, I can't do all those things and really have to prioritize what things are clearly important to me. And then not feel bad about saying no or saying that I can't commit to it. So that's always, always been, let's pile on everything I can. I can do all these. I can be spread here, there, everywhere. And that's not the case. That's not the case at all. I've really been, or uh, in April, the April of this year was like, here, stop. I mean, God said, guess what? You need to slow yourself on down. So yes, I injured my knee in April and had a, <laughs> had a, yeah injured yeah he was like yes you've been doing all the things i'll figure out a way to sit you down for a while so i had a major knee surgery ruptured my patellar tendon playing basketball that is i won't say one of the worst things you can do to the to the knee but it's pretty close it's even worse than acl even worse than a, a knee replacement yeah. uh you know people will bounce back or, or so my my healing in that and being down for three months with no driving uh, you know, by not being able to have range of motion or strength, even lift my leg up and going through two surgeries with that from April until now, it was been a humbling experience to be able to say, Hey, I haven't been able to active as I wanted to be still trying to do business, still the same responsibilities, but I'm not mobile. I'm dependent on a lot on people to be able to do different tasks, um, and help me with that and being able to ask for help. <laughs> As it was been, it was another Which thing. Which is another kind of, I feel like we, do we have a notebook? We need to be writing. The ability to ask for help in this country is just non-existent. Asking for what we need. So, and I, you know, it's hard, you know, I'm listening to your story and three months and like, man, that sounds bad, but not until you're in it, do you just take for granted the time you can drive in your car and do whatever you want. Um, even during COVID, we could... You could get in your car and drive. And then when you can't do that, what? Yeah, a lot of a lot of reflection time, I'm sure, that you had. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix? Yeah. Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely try Did to find watch? some shows. Yeah. Definitely try to find yeah. some shows. I can't remember what I was watching. You like Law and Order or something, don't you? Yeah, I'm all, I'm a big um 
crime, crime, crime scene, law and orders. I'm a big drama person for some reason. You would think since I like to laugh and stuff, I've watched a lot of comedies. Balances, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so what advice would you give to other women that are stuck, want to accomplish a goal, um, and don't know where to start? Yeah, I think is, like kind of what we alluded to before, is being able to ask for help. Being able yeah. to find resources that are help, that's number one, instead of you driving yourself crazy, like you said, with Dr. Google, or just feeling like I can suffer through it, or this is this is normal, is really reaching out and trying to find a resource. You know, it could be, even if you're talking about even in business, you want to start your own business, finding a mentor, finding someone that started a business before. If you're having issues with your health and, and wellness and things are struggling and kind of chugging around, going out and finding those resources and not being afraid to um, put your money where your mouth is too. You know, because we can't do everything and always find the free resource and always find the free that. You can drive yourself crazy out there searching for free instead of just finding for the best quality that fits you. It's so well worth it to and not only invest in yourself, invest in your health, invest in in your body. Mm -hmm. So important. So important. Glad you're a health coach. Um, All right. So uh, we're going to just end with some really fun questions. Are you ready? Nice. Let's let's fun questions. So let's talk about this or that. So I'm going to give you uh, two different items, two different interests, and you're going to tell me which one. Okay. Um, And uh, if you need to expand a little bit on each, you can, but maybe a sentence or two. All right. Ready? This or that? A book or a movie? I would say book. Mm, what kind of books do you like? Uh, I'm over the I'm all over the place. You know, sometimes it can be business related and sometimes it can be that in that drawn in that drama related. Drama. So, yeah, like James Patterson books. I'm a big audio book person because now I feel like if I sit down to like read an actual some book, then I might be fall asleep. <laughs> and timing wise, I can listen um, yeah. much, much easier than, than reading, but I do oh, like yeah. to flip the pages though. I have an avid, um, you know, library card person. So people laugh at me. I'm like, I still go to the actual library and get books out and I also do audiobooks. <laughs> uh, great. So how about coffee or tea? Now, if anybody that knows me, it's 100%, a hundred percent coffee all day, all day long. What kind of coffee? Um, no, uh, no, I'm really just, you know, black, black with sugar. I'm good. Sometimes I'll get a specialty, you know, coffee if I go out, you know, Starbucks or a local, you know, local place. But I have two different coffee makers at home. So there would never be a fault. I have a Keurig and I have a pot. So there will be no okay. deficits in me getting to that coffee. Okay. Uh, all right. Singing or dancing? Ooh, that's a hard one. I do love to dance. I can move, but, you know, I do those good, you know, car solos as well, you know, with singing, no one else is around or those good shower scenarios, you know, but I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to go with dancing. Dancing. Uh, oh, this is funny. Commando or underwear. Um, I'm going to go with letting the vulva be free. Mm, we're going to, we're going to go with commando. Good. <laughs> she needs air. She needs air. 
<laughs> Burgers or tacos? Tacos. That's one of my favorite jobs. Taco Tuesday could be every day if it came to me. If even if you throw a little margarita with that, that might be even better. <laughs> Piercings or, t- or tattoos? Uh, tattoo. I'm about tattoo life. I I think I have seven tattoos now. What's your favorite one? Oh, that's kind of a hard one. I do have like a little ankle bracelet that has like my kids initials on it and then like a musical note and then like a little running man on there. So I've kind of, I might like the anklet the best. Yeah. You just had a new one too, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I had, well, I had actually two new ones. That's funny. I just had one with my sister that I just did over a couple weekends ago and then another month or so before that, I got a nice little flower color. My first colored one on my... Uh, left chest is a nice little flower so my husband's probably like are you about to get any more and and it's like no almost all my tattoos can be covered up right now so um oh weird or crazy both no (laughs) we'll go we'll go uh crazy Ooh, that is a hard one. I would go mm, ketchup, probably because I use it so much more than mustard. Okay, but you like them both? I like them both. Pretty close. It's a close one. All right, last one. Netflix or Hulu? Ooh, that's a close one. I'm going to actually go with Hulu because I probably have more shows on Hulu now that I like. But it's a close. It's very close. What's your favorite show you got right now? Oh, it's a drama. I watch all anything okay, hospital. Yes, anything hospital related. What, hospital what and Law and Order. It's like uh, we got Law and Order. We got all the Chicago's, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, Chicago Med. Um, a lot of yeah, a lot of those hour long dramas is kind of what I'm I'm That's into funny. on those. I have a couple of you know comedies thrown in there. Old cl- classic comedy, The Golden Girls. That's actually one of my favorite. Um, yes shows which is hilarious but i can watch that i can watch that anytime also <laughs> not really that's kind of our time but all right that was fun thanks for doing that um let's just wrap up this little bit i want to ask you to kind of finish our interview here with one of your uh favorite quotes scripture could you share that with us okay i think i have two that i'm really feeling recent recently is one is the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. That's by Alice Walker. Scripture-wise, I have trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thy own understanding. That's Proverbs 3 and 5. Those are two ones that are kind of top of my mind at this at this point. I'm going to drop that show notes. Yes, we can do that. Great. Thank you for doing this interview with me. That was fun. I enjoyed it. Yes. Um, I know everyone did too because... Dr. Letitia's got, she's great at telling stories. <laughs> like to listen to her talk. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Um, so I'm just going to shout out your business here. And um, we'll ask you, first of all, if someone would like to follow you on your journey as a health coach and business owner, what's the best way for them to do that? Yes, you can definitely follow me on social media. We'll, put, we'll throw those down in the notes too, um, at Dr. Letitia PT. That's where we have all things uh, nutrition, wellness, health coaching for women over 35 my other business profile if you are a runner active adult and also a woman you can find me at run for life indie there or and dr Letitia pt also my private facebook group everyday woman wellness really is going to be ramping up here in this um next year 
to be able to get more resources for women. And I have services all over from virtual to in-person. So if you're outside of Indiana, definitely go ahead and reach out so we can get some resources, uh, get you on the right track. That's awesome. I'm so excited for you and seeing how that journey goes. Thank you all for joining us today. As always, make sure you subscribe, like, and share our podcast um, with your family and friends. We look forward to joining you on the next episode. Have a great week. All right. See you, girl. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us today on our Real Conversations and Journey to Feeling Better Naked. I know there are a million other things you could be doing. Sending you all the love. Check out the show notes to grab any tidbits or tools that were discussed on the episode today and be sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss next week's episode. Remember, you are enough.